Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening tonight, you are listening to the latest UConn football chat with my good friend Pete Callen. Uh, how you doing tonight, Pete? Doing well, Bobby. I uh, hope you are as well. Good, good morning, Husky Nation, and hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are getting as excited as we are with the possible signees that we have coming in to represent the blue and white. Let's go. Absolutely, man. We we are doing some really good work on the recruiting trail. And before we get into some of these guys, Pete, I know you'll agree with this. I, I, I just want to applaud our coaching staff for how hard they're working on the trail. I mean, you and I, Pete, we're both former college coaches. We've been there and done that. We know how difficult it is. Um, but these guys are out there working their butts off, like I said, to up the level of the program, and they're doing a heck of a job. Well, I commented on X not too long ago with the types of commitments that are basically announcing their recruitment from UConn, the types of athletes, body types, um, the whole repertoire of what you look for in a college football player, you know, those those types of players that are shouting out to UConn, I, I would say that the coaching staff is really busting their butts to try to get the best athletes in here possible to win. Mm -hmm. um, they don't seem to be playing around, which is a great thing to see. Um, not that we would think they would be in the first place. Um, but, yeah, I'd have to say, you know, kudos to y'all for the job you're doing. We notice it out there. And, uh, you know, keep working. We know you guys are working hard, so let's go get it. Absolutely. Well, let, let's dive in. We've gotten six commitments since the last time we were on. Uh, two of them we talked about in the previous uh, episode that we did. Uh, we'll go off. Uh, number one, Jordan Wright, cornerback, uh, six foot one eighty, coming in from Kansas State, uh, originally from the Memphis, Tennessee area. Um, he was a JUCO All American at Fullerton College in California, and uh, before committing to UConn, the offers that I saw saw that he held. We're from Bowling Green, Charlotte, Utah State, and Middle Tennessee. And uh, I saw uh, one of our coaches put out uh, that they were very excited about Jordan Wright's speed. So I thought speed kills. And hopefully, uh, he's, of course, Jordan Wright's coming into a uh, position room where we got a good amount of depth returning. Yeah, we've lost some guys to the portal, but we've got some really good players returning. And I'm excited to see that how that battle uh, fairs, but of course we're really excited to have Jordan. Well, if the coach is excited about his speed, I think everybody else would be excited about his speed. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, what translates on the field moving forward. Um, it just sounds like a very good fit for what we have, um, especially having lost uh, Chris Sheeran to the transfer portal. Seems like this guy, um, along with the guys we already have, um, would be a really good fit in terms of matching up with different receivers. Um, and, and having played in the Big 12, mm -hmm. not a guy that's going to be intimidated by any kind of 
receiver he faces out there. So, you know, he has a size where it looks like he can play on the outside. He can play the slot. Um, and it looks like a, it's a really good fit and a really good get for the Huskies. Absolutely. And I, and I think you bringing up the Big 12 aspect there, Pete, is, is important because the Big 12 is a pass-happy league. So this is a young man who can come in and he's, he's seen a little bit of everything. Well, I mean, if you're facing offenses that aren't afraid to put the ball up 53 times a game, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you're going to get reps. So, um, and plus he plays, you know, he played in a system that prides itself on defense in Kansas state mm-hmm. and the types of players that, um, may not necessarily be the best recruited players around. They pride themselves and always have prided themselves over the past couple of decades is, um, uh, being the type of players to develop and play with the big boys and and beat them. So um, his mentality as well will fit well in the locker room and the type of culture you're trying to develop in the locker room. So um, I think, you know, he's one of many guys that Moore is trying to get that, that fit his MO and fit the kind of attitude he wants on the team. Absolutely. And, and I know as a former DB yourself, Pete, I'm sure you got to be excited to see a player like Jordan Wright coming in to uh, adding into the mix. I'm excited. Um, Like I said, it's another guy in the group. But, you know, the old DB comes out of me and says, okay, my man, show us what you got and see what you could do to elevate all of us. And, uh, you know, uh, but at the same time, he wouldn't have been worth the effort to recruit and consider being a fit if, you know, they didn't think he would be able to do so and mm-hmm. do the job. So excited to see what he has to, um, to offer and excited to see how he plays this upcoming year. <clears throat> Absolutely. Moving, moving on to uh, the second commitment, we got uh, somebody we talked about in uh, the previous episode as well. Uh, Dakota uh, Doyle Robinson, uh, defensive lineman uh, from Garden City uh, Community College out in Kansas, played in a very, very good conference at the JUCO level, uh, was at Baylor originally, uh, 6'1", 285, great size. He's from St. Louis, Missouri, my neck of the woods here. Uh, last season had 28 tackles and five sacks at the JUCO level. Held offers from Louisiana Monroe, Tennessee State, McNeese State, Prairie View A&M, Incarnate Word, Lindenwood, and then uh, interest from Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, and Troy. Um, so obviously somebody who uh, looks the part in itself, 6'1", 285, that's a big man. And uh, he, from what I've seen, he could play either tackle or end. So that's an exciting thing too. It seems like what the coaches are trying to target, the type of players they're trying to target, are those that might add versatility along their position group. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly played and demonstrated good play um, at the defensive end position. But if they wanted to go fast, wanted to go NASCAR, and wanted to move them down to a three tech or interiorly, uh, to kind of create a, me- a mismatch with you know, one-on-one with the guards, and he certainly looks like he can do that as well. So um, 
those are important pieces that you want to add to your roster. And UConn getting one in a guy like him who, again, played in uh, Big 12 competition um, against some pass-happy offenses with a defense that's needing some pass rushers, I think it's, again, another good fit. Absolutely. And and I know the league that he's coming from, from the Juco level, the Jayhawk League, is uh, arguably the best in, in the country. Uh, you, it, it can be argued, but he's playing the best competition at the junior college level week in, week out, and he put up good numbers at that level. So I, I, I'm excited to see that as well. Hey, iron sharpens iron. And so when you have a chance to display your talents as a football player against other Division One caliber guys and not only survive, but, you know, show an ability to you know, help a team and, and and shine a little bit. I mean, you, you're going to be sought after, and that's exactly what the Dakota is and the type of player he's he's shown to be. Absolutely. Uh, shifting now to the third uh, commitment that we received, uh, Connor Stutz, a punter from uh, Sacramento State, coming in from the FCS level. Uh, 6'2", 216. He's got two years of eligibility left. He's originally from Seattle, Washington. Um, he put some really glowing reviews out on Twitter X uh, about our coaching staff uh, speaking uh, for, I'm paraphrasing, uh, talking about like if any specialists wanted to come to UConn, you'd be working with one of the best staffs out there. And it was great to see that glowing review from a young man who's just now joining our program, uh, obviously a position where where we need we need him, and uh, a good a good addition for us, obviously. Well, anybody that knows anything about the weather in Washington knows it can get pretty hectic mm-hmm. and pretty windy and rainy, and maybe even snowy in certain parts. You know, during the latter parts of the season, and you know. You know, coming from that part of the country, being the type of partner he is, you know, the one thing that caught my eye, I was just like, you know, the dude generated a 100-yard punt in high school. Man. Which is unheard of. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't necessarily care what weather conditions he did it. The only other punt I saw comparable was, you know, Randall Cunningham back in the day, 91-yard <laughs> punt. But, you know, anytime you, you see – that kind of capability with any kind of uh, specialist uh, is worth a look. And you know, I've I've seen him a couple times this past year on some ESPN, ESPN Plus broadcast at Sacramento State. He's a good punter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we got we got somebody that can flip the field, which is what you want in your punter, um, and that can pin pin guys inside the twenty. Um, we got a good specialist, and if you're trying to develop a really good defense, you know, punters are very underrated uh, types of players in helping your defense to gain field position and giving an advantage, you know, strategically and psychologically. Mm-hmm. Um, great punters are good to have on your team. Uh, it looks like we got one. Absolutely agree, and. Like you said, Pete, I mean, 
having a fantastic punter can can really change things for for your team flip and field position and 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 those things that come with that and the way that our team is being built uh, it seems like that's that's something we're going to utilize all i know on all the teams i've been on you know championship teams good teams you know great defenses you know when you got a good punter that, that pins other other offenses it just Increase the intimidation factor, increases the intimidation factor tenfold. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got good defenses, it just it just helps you out tremendously. You know, we talked a little bit about um, you know margin of error and how players kind of reduce the margin of error, particularly in play calling and coaching. And again, when you have specialists like like Connor, um, who have displayed the ability to bail you out and bail you out deep from your own end. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, cough and corner other opposing teams, you know, it's a big advantage. 100%. M- moving on to our fourth commitment now, Curvin's um, Chate, I- I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. He has a Haitian background. Um, 6'3", 285, uh, defensive tackle from Central Florida, originally from Deerfield Beach, Florida. He's a grad transfer for us, uh, played in 14 games in three seasons uh, for the Knights, had 13 tackles, three and a half tackles for a loss, and one and a half sacks. Uh, Coming out of high school, he had held offers from Florida, Indiana, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville, Maryland, Minnesota, Tennessee, and West Virginia. He was a three-star guy. Uh, very talented player coming out of high school. Um, I, I, I'm wondering maybe if he got caught in the shuffle during the coaching change that happened at UCF. Uh, but nonetheless, we have a big body coming in uh, in the middle of our defense there. Really good addition. Yeah, Mr. Chute, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, um, seemed to be very highly credited uh, coming out of high school in terms of being on the football field. I know in reading his bio, um, he's thrived in school as well. It was all, all academic team mm-hmm. uh, for the American a couple of years um, during the early part of his career. Um, a guy that, like you said, is a big body and is going to be fighting for playing time and fighting for a spot, but nonetheless has shown the physical capability for sure to compete with the best of the best and, and be rated as such and shine. I mean, and you know, Deerfield Beach. It's that's not a, it's not a slouch um, area of of Florida to mm-hmm. be playing. Um, it's I believe it's Broward County, and if it's Broward County, then you know, it's a high level of ball. Um, that's played down there. So, um, but he'll he'll hold his own for sure. And, uh, again, another guy I'd be interested to see what he does when he comes up to UConn. I, I think this is a good opportunity here, Pete, with you mentioning uh, him being a academic all-conference player in the American and him being a grad transfer coming to Connecticut. Um, you obviously hold a degree from UConn and can speak to this much better than I can, but the academic standard at UConn, and the type of players, the students, the student before the athlete aspect, 
um, being very, very important at the University of Connecticut? Um, well, you can't be a slouch um, being a student there. Um, the academic profile certainly raised over the years, particularly after the big investment in the entire state university system uh, during the early 2000s. Um, with the state putting, I believe, what was the time a billion dollars into the infrastructure and um, into the improvement, of particularly at UConn and affiliated campuses, it just raised the facilities, it raised the, the academic uh, standards, it raised the lab standards, everything and anything that was involved academically just brought it to another level. And so, you know, there's an expectation for, you know, students to perform better. And it's a reason why UConn now is rated as one of the top uh, universities, public universities in the country. It always has had that reputation. So um, it's certainly somewhere where uh, a student athlete can get a very credible degree and uh, launch uh, other profession outside of football um, in their future, whenever that time comes. Absolutely. And, and I know that we have recruits and, and others that listen to this show. And, and I, I always think it's very important for us to highlight that. Yeah, of course, the athletic aspect is what we talk about on here and what we're passionate about and what we love. But um, like I said, I personally put out another uh, discussion on an episode that I had recently. Uh, the student aspect become, comes before athlete and I think sometimes we lose that and uh, just at UConn it, it, it's such a great institution that I think we should always remind people of that you always gotta have plan B after football mm-hmm. um, because you know don't get me wrong you should go after your dreams 100% um but have your plan be in place. Do both. Right. I think, I think um, if there's any message that you or I want to, you know, propose to any student athlete, be both. Mm-hmm. Um, be both the great athlete, be, be the NFL prospect, and be the great student. Um, there are going to be a lot of temptations in, in college even momentarily, they'll tell you, oh, I can put things off or uh, maybe I, I'm, I'm being too much of a, you know, tight wad and maybe I should loosen up a little bit or enjoy college. Half those people, young ladies, what have you, that are there, you're not going to be seeing a couple of years from now. Right. <laughs> Don't worry <laughs> about it. This is the this is the most important business self-business venture you're going to have in your life is take care of your degree and placing your efforts in subjects degrees that are you know credible that um are marketable that um can give you the long the term of uh, quality of life you want long term um above and beyond what you might have grown up with or um, you know, maintaining what you grew up with. So, uh, 
very, very important. One thing you can, that no one can never take away from you is your education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would dare say, you know, with increased knowledge and exposure to all of it, not just, you know, pick and choose what you want, more freedom you're going to have as an individual. So if you want to be a free individual, educate yourself. Um, so yeah, it's important for sure. I couldn't have said it any better, Pete. I absolutely agree. And we'll, we'll, we'll get off our soapbox there with that, but <laughs> we'll move, uh, move on to our next commitment. Now, uh, the fifth, um, Jaden Simon, uh, 314 pound defensive tackle coming in from Tulsa. Uh, he spent three years also at Colorado. He's from Tacoma, Washington. Um, had a held offer in the portal from uh, Texas State as well. Um, coming in as a grad transfer. Last season had 32 tackles, uh, half a tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. The thing that jumps out, obviously, when you see Mr. Simon is 6'3", 314. Yeah. Big body. Big fella. Uh-huh. <laughs> Has some decent production, you know. It's also you have. Um, I don't know what Tulsa plays. They used to play a thirty. I don't know if they play one now, but regardless, you know, you registering thirty tackles as a defensive tackle in today's game, you know, that's that's saying something. You're mm-hmm. it means you're involved, mm-hmm. and so in another quality player that we picked up via the portal that I'm pretty sure will add something to our defense. Um, The potential to add a lot of push interiorly, which if you can get at all as a defense, whether it be, you know, trying to stop the run or, you know, trying to pass rush, it will be um, a great benefit. I'm assuming with his size, he's going to be used primarily as a run stopper. and if you can if you can control you know those interior gaps and dictate to offenses where they can run you know you have a great advantage of the defense and it might be one of those pieces that helps you know more as defense do that absolutely um and then the final commitment that just came in shortly before we came on the air uh ethan hogue Linebacker, outside linebacker, defensive end, potentially from uh, my area, Loyola Academy here in Illinois, um, just north of Chicago. 6'4", 220-pound, uh, three-star player, held offers from Army, Fordham, Kent State, Lafayette, Lindenwood, Ohio, and New Hampshire. Then he had interest from Illinois, Iowa, Northern Illinois, Toledo, and Wisconsin. Played on back-to-back state championship teams at Loyola Academy. Um, I, I can speak to the fact, living in the state of Illinois, Loyola Academy is uh, as good as it gets here in Illinois when it comes to high school football. So he is on the best program in the state. Um, that and Mount Carmel out of Chicago would be the two best programs in the state. Mount Carmel's 7A and Loyola's 8A. Um, so you won the biggest high school class in the state back-to-back years um, had some fantastic production uh, on the t- on the teams that he played on there um, 
And I know a lot of people around here were talking about Illinois being a really good landing spot for him. Um, and I, I really think we're getting a really talented player that is a Big Ten level type player coming into our program. And uh, Pete, you had a great comparison for him. I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, and um, and looking at his film, first of all, very active hands, um, good first step. He was both uh, an, a Mike linebacker and an edge player for his team, which is a unique combination and shows um, some, a very unique versatility and, and skill set that he has to offer, mm -hmm. um, number one. And he, he looked really good doing both. Um, number two, uh, he's 6'4", 220, which has great size. Um, again, really impressive in, in, in his pass rush moves and using his hands and getting um, tackles, hands off of him and, and getting around the edge, putting his, you know, his full body through quarter of a shoulder and being able to you know, around the corner and get to the quarterback. Um, but he, he showed the same motor um, playing Mike Linebacker. And his film reminded me a lot of high school film for Jackson Mitchell. Um, Jackson was also, I believe, an edge player at times. I think majority of the time for his, uh, his high school in Ridgefield. And uh, showed a, you know, a huge motor in getting to the quarterback. Um, and just like with Jackson, arrived with nasty intent. Uh, Ethan showed the same kind of intensity with, you know, whether it was going, getting to the quarterback, whether it was spying a quarterback, um, uh, playing running backs that bounced outside on run plays, um, pass defense. I mean, the kid showed a lot. And I think we're getting a steal because this is a guy that would normally look the part of a Big Ten developmental player, or the type of player, the type of freshman, Big Ten schools, middle of the pack Big Ten, Big Ten schools in particular would recruit and develop for the transfer portal. So I think we're getting a, a really good player. Absolutely. And, and th this makes back-to-back -back weeks now, Pete, that we're able to come on the show and talk about another really talented high school commit. Like last week, we were able to talk about Tajay uh, Hopper, the defensive back from Georgia, and now we're getting Ethan Hogue here, linebacker from Illinois. Our high school recruiting class this year, I, I, I am tremendously impressed with. It's not too bad, Husky Nation. Like I said, some of these guys in, in the past would, we wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily be signing. But mm -hmm. I think with all the chaos with the transfer portal, a lot of, a lot of high school guys are, are being overlooked literally right because a lot of these coaches are, are just trying to fill their rosters with ready to play a win now kind of players that they're not investing in the in the high school seniors as much anymore which is unfortunate um but we're the ones that we are getting uh seem to be really good pieces and really good fits um between Hopper, between Ethan Hogue today, uh, Terrence Smith, the kid from South Carolina. Man. Oof. Uh, we're getting a pretty good crop of guys. Brock Montgomery. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, it's, I don't think we're as bad off as, you know, people think. We just need all these pieces to come together mm-hmm. and um, produce on the field. I absolutely agree. I mean, we, we've said it before that the transfer portal can, can be a good thing for UConn in the sense of us being able to land some really, really talented high school players. And this year seems to be just the start of that, hopefully, moving forward with some of these guys that we're getting. Just like you said, it... it, it, it it's it's not as bad as uh, some people out there might be might be trying to tell you. Like we got a really good group of guys coming in that we should be really really excited about. All these kids film has looked impressive, and you know, like I said, it's just going to be a matter of how they develop individually, what their approach is going to be as individual players, you know, what type of business type mentality they have in terms of changing their own fortunes and which will translate in changing the team fortune. Um, but it looks like we have a, a good mix of guys reformulating on the roster um, to put a good, solid team together. Um, and, you know, this this stage of recruiting is not done yet, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned uh, what everybody else, who everybody else is excited about yet. Um, we made his decision official a couple of days ago, Cole Welliver. So, um, you know, with him and everybody else, we, we got a pretty good group coming in. 100%. 100%. And uh, Shote, Simon, and Hogue all committed... Uh, today would be Sunday, December 17th. I, I saw on Twitter X that there was a fourth player that committed over the weekend. Uh, we don't know who that might be. So we could be hearing of another commitment tomorrow morning or, or down the road. Uh, and, and of course, we know that there's going to be more players coming in as well. Um, there's been a ton of visits and offers going out. Like we said at the beginning, our coaching staff is doing a tremendous job. Uh, too many guys to name them all, um, but there are three that I want uh, that I want to give a little bit of uh, discussion about or a shout out. I guess we could say uh, New Mexico State wide receiver Trent Hudson recently visited, 6'3", 180 pound uh, junior. This season he had ten touchdown receptions, fifteen point seven yard average. Uh, then a teammate of his from New Mexico State, cornerback Reggie Ackles, uh, 6'190 pounds, sophomore, had six passes defended this season. And then uh, Trinity Community College linebacker Reed Pulliam, uh, 6'3, 230, 75 tackles, seven sacks, 11 and a half tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and an interception at, a, at the JUCO level in Texas against some very good competition. Uh, but those three guys, I know they all visited uh, this past week, and uh, there's a connection between the three. Obviously, Hudson and Ackles were teammates at New Mexico State, and I've seen uh, Ackles also talking with Pulliam on Twitter X about the potential of 
coming to UConn. So, I mean, there's three guys there, potentially real impact players. I mean, Trent Hudson at wide receiver had 10 touchdown receptions this year. That would be a phenomenal addition for us. But I know, Pete, we, we've talked about all three of those guys off air and uh, many more, of course. But those are three that we we kind of have highlighted and that we're interested in. Well, I know I've tried to do my part in recruiting them by sending in the data that was researched a couple months back regarding our pro development, our pro players, and it seems that at least with Reggie Ackles that uh, he reposted it, and that's unusual for any player to repost it. Mm -hmm. So um, there seems to be deep interest with all three of these players in UConn. Um, and all three add a lot of intrigue in terms of the possibilities of what they can add here, um, the fits they can be here. And, you know, particularly with Hudson and Ackles, um, you're going to get guys that competed for championships, or at least for the Conference USA championship, because mm -hmm. they, they represented New Mexico State against Liberty, and uh, I believe Hudson caught a touchdown pass or two in that game. Um, I believe so. It. So um, they are playmakers, uh, Hudson in particular, which is something that um, the offensive side definitely needs. Uh, Apples is, was one of the better corners, I believe, that they had, which had even more depth and more capability to the defense to do its job in, in slowing offenses down. And Pulliam is just intriguing just because, you know, of his, you know, his build, his production in a very, very competitive junior college league in Texas. Um, it, it would add some more dimension to the roster and to the units that they're going to represent on our team should they sign absolutely and like i said we just wanted to throw a couple names out there pete you're doing a fantastic job providing that data that uh that we've talked about on here many times the data that you've compiled yourself um we also had uh was it the um kid from danbury visit yes yeah from Iowa. yep 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 and so uh i know like you said man i know cam edwards was uh trying to sell sell the program to him so many kids come in at the at, you know, one time man it was just um like you said it was hard to, to keep track um and other connecticut base players that were trying to get um defensive tackle from purdue i believe mm-hmm mm-hmm um, all trying to bring them home. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what direction all this turns out to go, you know, at the end of all this. Absolutely. And sorry, sorry folks, I'm getting old and, you know, just trying to recall names like, and I, I have to, I have to apologize while I'm thinking about it. I got to apologize to, to Kyler Hicks because I get you and Lee mixed up all the time. 
and and talking about uh, Dante Lee Jr., one of the recruits last week from Baltimore. Um, I forgot Lee Molette's from Tennessee. College is from Baltimore. So um, shout out to College. You're the guy who I meant to talk about. Um, you're doing great things for us, and keep doing you, man. So I want to say that to everybody out there. Absolutely, he he could he could have a really really productive season next year, um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. He's he started coming on toward the end of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like his mentality. I, I like how he's approaching one aspect of his game, trying to master it and trying to um, have everything else revolve around that and develop his, his overall skill set. Um, He's developing quite well, and yeah, you know, I see a lot of potential with him uh, moving forward in the next season. I'd, I'd be interested to see what he and a lot of his other young receivers in the spring end up doing um, in elevating their game. Absolutely. <clears throat> and Reggie Ackles, the cornerback, did say uh, tonight on uh, Twitter X that he is going to announce his commitment decision on Saturday, December 23rd. So we have that to look forward to. Um, but uh, moving forward with a couple other, uh, we had a decommitment uh, from uh, defensive lineman in the 2024 class. Harper Holman uh, has decided to go to Western Kentucky. We, of course, wish him the best there. Um and moving forward for him. And then uh, two of our former players that entered the transfer portal. Uh, of course, I'm sure everybody saw Justin Jolie announced to uh, North Carolina State. And then uh, long long snapper Nile Upa. I, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name because I know I will butcher it. But he has announced he's going to go to uh, Pittsburgh. So... Best of luck to all three of those guys moving forward um, and in their futures. Yeah, man. Um, Hey, first of all, I'm going to say I'm a Husky. I always will be. Um, That brotherhood means something to me. And it just hurts my heart that, you know, anybody else is going to leave. But, you know, at the same time, you understand – circumstances um, of other players are not going to always match yours and you have to have uh, compassion and understanding for everybody's individual situations. I'm happy these young men found a home and I wish them all the best uh, in success except when they have to face us. But um, all obviously deserve, uh, we're deserving of Resigning, being re-recruited, and being welcomed to their new homes. So I wish them all the best. Absolutely. And uh, then to conclude our show, we can we we're excited to talk about the 2024 schedule. I know Pete, you and I, we've we've discussed it a little bit, Um, and and we've seen a couple of recruits and players put out a 2024 schedule. Uh, where the home schedule, we have seven home games compared to five away games, so that's very exciting. Uh, but the schedule looks like, from the home perspective, uh, Merrimack from the FCS level, they just hired a new, uh, or uh, they're they're going to have a new head coach. Then we have uh, FAU, Florida Atlantic, 
then Syracuse, Rice, Georgia State, Temple, and Buffalo. Uh, the Syracuse game was originally uh, looking at a neutral site game, but now it looks like it's going to be at home. Uh, it'll be interesting to see moving forward if that changes. Um, then the away schedule having Maryland, Duke, UAB, UMass, and Wake Forest. So four uh, Power 5 opponents there. I know we have some uh, good Northeast uh, friendly competition at home. So uh, Pete, I'm sure you're very excited looking at this schedule like I am. Yeah, four Power 5 teams. Um, some higher level competition with the group of five. Um, most notably to me, Georgia State. Mm -hmm. which we know what happened in our encounter with them last year. Uh, UAB, which has put up a ton of points this year. And FAU, which is a very solid squad um, that was in contention for the American athletic title up until about midseason. So it's going to be some solid competition um, that we're going to be facing. Uh, obviously, with Maryland, Duke, Wake Forest, and Syracuse representing the Power Five, all four are going to be challenges for us. And then you got a rivalry game with UMass, um, along with you know a rematch with Rice, which I'm pretty sure they're going to be hungry to you know try to pay us back. Mm -hmm. um, and a, a new matchup in, in, in Mary Mac. So. Um, all I care about right now is going one and zero. Right. <laughs> so, um, just go one and zero, and then one and zero again, and one and zero again. Um, but I wouldn't mind if the guys had a little distaste in their mouth and want to make some people pay the price along the way mm -hmm. last season. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting uh, schedule in. You know, with our A game, it'd be interesting to see how many wins we get. I mean, it could be very exciting. It really could. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not going to throw any predictions. I learned from last year. <laughs> I as well. A little too early for that, too. We we don't. Uh, let, let's see who we get. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right now, we, we are set to open with uh, Maryland on the road. On August 31st, which I might add is my birthday, but nonetheless. Um, but the, the one question I have about the schedule for you, Pete, is how, how important are those Northeast competitions that we that we have with the likes of Syracuse, Temple, Buffalo, Merrimack being from the FCS level, UMass, of course. Uh, how, how, how big of a deal is that? It's a big deal in terms of your place and your foothold in the sport, um, in your region. I mean, if you want to rise as a football program, you know, you got to take care of your own house first. Um, and Northeast is our house. So, mm -hmm. you know, playing against those types of programs, not only seeing where you measure up, but, you know, trying to develop yourself and measure up to the point where you beat them. Um, tells you to the next stage and the next step of, you know, trying to elevate the, you know, your football programs on whatever heights you're trying to get to. Um, so these, 
regional mashups are important. Um, playing Temple is important. Playing Syracuse is important. Uh, Maryland, uh, Buffalo, Merrimack, UMass. And plus it gets, you know, the fans engaged and involved because um, develops a, a following. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not maybe what some would like or have experienced in the past um, with the Big East. But, you know, in terms of rebuilding your program, it's a good start in, in trying to redevelop your brand and redevelop um, your identity as a football program. And, um, you know, along the way, those guys play some of the other more national powers, and sometimes they they win. They beat those guys. And so if you end up beating those guys that beat the big boys, you get a good indicator of where you stand and, and how you're developing as a program. So it's good all around to try to you know, play those teams and beat those teams in your area. You got to take care of your own house. Absolutely. And, and of course, from a recruiting perspective that, yes, yes. I, I realized that as soon as I stopped talking, it's like, let me not start. I didn't mention recruiting, but re recruiting is obviously a big, big deal. And another big reason, just so you can say, you know, we beat those teams come join a winner. So all of those three aspects is you know, the reason why those regional games are important. Absolutely. And side note, I know, uh, just yesterday, we saw uh, Kyle McCord, Ohio State's former starting quarterback, announce he's going to be going to Syracuse. So we're going to have an interesting battle there, but that, we'll worry about that down the road. But still something interesting that that I obviously noticed, and I'm sure many others did too. Um, obviously. It's, it's one of those challenges that these kids are signing up for. You know, all these transfers, all these freshmen, they're coming to play guys like him and programs like that mm -hmm. because they feel that they should be competing at that level. They feel like they've been overlooked. Mm -hmm. um, again, you know, people want to poo-poo, you know, the independent schedule, but what it does offer, it does offer very enticing incentives for some players to want to come to us and play and prove themselves against this competition. And um, again, the entire athletic department did a, a great job in, in setting up our schedule to play multiple Power Five opponents over the next few years. And so you're going to have, you know, if you average four a year, you're going to have 12 opportunities over your career. Mm -hmm. to prove yourself. And that's not that's not uh, what every what they call lower what if you want to call us a lower tier fine but not every one of them can can say that you know in terms of a competitive standpoint absolutely and that's that's going to attract the right kind of people because if you know if you if you're just about boat riding and not wanting to compete then you know you're not going to be coming to a place like this but if you want to compete you want to have a chance to compete against some of the better competition you have and now know be treated like a power five player with the nil development that we're having because you know uconn uconn is just a unique brand it's it's a small school with a big brand 
mm-hmm. and with big aspirations and the capability to be big because it's done it once already. Um, you know, recruits are going to slowly find out uh, what kind of gem we have here. And then more of them are going to come over time. 100%. The sky's the limit here. We, You and I, we've talked about it many times, but there's good things coming. That's for sure. No doubt. No doubt. <clears throat> well, so. I, I think that brings us to the end of our show tonight, Pete. Uh, let the listeners know where they can follow you. Only well, you guys can follow me at X... X at P Kalen three, three again, X at P Kalen three, three. Absolutely. Everybody give Pete a follow. He's uh, doing a fantastic job letting our uh, recruits know the stats and the numbers and uh, how many players that we produce and put out when it comes to uh, the potential at the next level. Uh, Pete's doing a great job there. Uh, You can, Feel free to follow me as well, uh, personally at Coach underscore B Will, and then uh, the podcast account at TNT College Phil One. As always, we'll be back next week uh, to talk more UConn Husky football. Uh, hope I, I I shouldn't say hopefully I, I'll say I know we will have uh, some more commitments to talk about. Uh, so exciting to uh, bring that to you guys next week. Um, until then, have a good week. Uh, Good night. Uh, God bless everyone. And uh, Merry Christmas and go Huskies. Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a wonderful holiday. May God be with you all. And go Blue.